Hey, this is Ryan. Welcome to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast. Have a pretty cool episode today with Chris Rudigrap, who is the CEO of Sendoso. And he really talks about how he made the transition from sales executive or account executive all the way to CEO. And they are scaling fast over at Sendoso. So doing a lot of cool things. And I was really, really excited to talk to him because we, we addressed and, and got deep on a lot of things that he's never talked about or questions that have never been asked. So excited to have you on and enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley, and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics that the top sales and marketing leaders are using create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question and this show is the answer. Welcome everybody to the Sales and Marketing Build Freedom Podcast. I got a very special guest with me today, Chris Rudigar. Chris, very happy to have you on. Chris is the CEO of Sendoso and actually has an amazing story of how he grew from an AE to CEO. So he's going to share with us his journey, how he made that a reality. And in addition, some great takeaways for you. So Chris, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. So I am excited because, um, you know, we've talked a little bit offline. I just think you've got some amazing things that you can bring to the table for any kind of account executive that wants to become a CEO someday. And so I think the journey can be really cool. Um, you're doing some amazing stuff over at Sendoso as well and growing in leaps and bounds. So I think there's an amazing opportunity for people to learn kind of what's possible and at the same time, learn kind of some of the tactical insights that you had to make that a reality. So, but before we get into how to create that explosive growth, can you kind of start off with just a little bit about you, man? Like what... How did you kind of get to where you're at before you got into sales? What's the background? What's the history? Just so people get to, get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So I uh, grew up in Northern California, uh, went to a university in Northern California at, at Chico State University, uh, was always interested in entrepreneurship, um, even as a, a grown up and through high school into college. Um, I actually started a company in college uh, called All Student Rentals, which was helping students find housing next to college campuses. Um, fun fact there is the university actually gave me 25,000 to get it going. So that was a nice, uh, nice. Seed, investment. Cool. seed money. Well, yeah. Seed money exactly. started off. Um, and, uh, funny enough, it was actually the center for entrepreneurship, which my co-founder now Braden was a part of getting that center for entrepreneurship going. So it was kind of a, uh, you know, a fun story to look back on when we first met to where we, when we then started Sendoso. Um, but yeah, after starting that company, then I, uh, you know, ended up selling that into a company in San Francisco and then uh, joined that company uh, and started running some of their sales and then got back into being kind of a, a senior enterprise account executive and really uh, went down that path for a while. As My goal was really, how do I learn more about how these startups work? Because mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like I had enough knowledge to really start a new company and scale it out to the, to the scale that I wanted. Well, and that's, I mean, that's an interesting insight because a lot of people think about that. So what did you do? So like you got that Center for Entrepreneurship in college, which sounds great. You tried your own thing for a while, got some seed money, which is pretty cool for college, right? 
But like, I guess in your early on days before you made that transition as an account executive, you know, what what kind of resources did you look at? Who did you talk to? Was there any companies that you paid extra special attention to? Um, walk us down that path a little bit, man. Yeah. So I would say in the early days, really, I was all about networking. And so uh, back in the day, there was, uh, I, I really remember this website called Startup Digest. It'd come out with a weekly list of events. Okay. Cool. Every week I would pick out like three or four of these events and go meet people. And so I was really into the concept of it's not what you know, but who you know, and networking my way to success in terms of finding other potential co-founders, finding other potential advisors and mentors. And so that was my kind of uh, path, I'd say, to really understanding what I didn't know. And so, you know, my day job was doing sales, but at the night I was really just networking with other entrepreneurs and other uh, smart people. And so that was part of my uh, kind of what, what drove me to want to start another company too, was meeting other entrepreneurs that were inspiring. That's, uh, I mean, that's a great playbook. So how long did you do that for? Three to four times a week? So I was trying to do some math, but I probably, and, and the funny thing is, is I was, you know, I'd go and also get free beers and stuff too, because he's be <laughs> having like a sponsor. So I was trying to, I was like thinking about this actually a couple months ago. I'm like, probably got like, I don't know, $20,000 worth of free booze over the course of like five <laughs> years, um, just because of the fact that I would, so I, I probably did it for five or six years. Um, so it was part of like my, my weekly routine. Um, it was almost like a habit and, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, um, I s- still did it even through uh, when I was getting Sendoso started, but then, you know, uh, kind of t- t- uh, not doing it as much anymore, obviously, with COVID. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that happens. And, and so, um, so that's, that's a lot of free booze, man. I think <laughs> we could $20,000 of free booze while understanding how to become an entrepreneur. Yeah, I guess exactly. a good name for the, the show. <laughs> so I guess like, so that's, that's a lot of cycles, man. And so, I mean, if you look at that three times, I mean, that's like 150 different events a year, if you kept to it almost plus, right. But um, yeah, I mean, you extrapolate that and we're talking 750 different events and instances of just meeting people, maybe it's 600, right. I don't know if you did, Yeah, but I mean, so I guess like from, from going through that, what was, and you said it inspired you to go into entrepreneurship. Was there, what was the, the most inspiring entrepreneur you saw or thing that you learned when you're going through that process? Really the thing I learned is that everyone can, any, and everyone can be an entrepreneur and I would meet all types of different people that were just so inspired to start companies. And so that was just like surrounding myself with other uh, people that were inspiring and meeting new friends that wanted to start companies. And so that was, I think, uh, a big part of why I wanted to do it is because I wanted to, you know, create an environment that was conducive to others that wanted to start companies. And, um, and it really paid off. And I, you know, I, I think the other thing I was secretly trying to do was get my uh, LinkedIn game up. And I think I've got like 25,000 connections now on LinkedIn. So it was a goal of mine just to kind of max out my LinkedIn connections too, with adding a lot of people from going to all these events. So I would come home with business cards or a list of people's names in my phone and I would add them on LinkedIn. I, I remember being like religious about trying to just network with as many people as possible. And, and so, uh, I mean, and that's great. I mean, that's, that's a great like playbook because a lot of people, you know, just add connections on LinkedIn and, and it's not the same level of depth. Right. So when, when you did that, I guess, um, what was the biggest 
outcome or byproduct of, of doing that? I mean, you learned, right? You got, you got insight, you got inspiration, but are, is there anything tangible you could point to or like a critical moment in time that happened in your life? That was huge. Like that changed the direction of my life. Um, I would just say it was all like momentum. It was all like a snowball and it was all just like keeping me, keeping my mind on track to, to, to continue to focus on startups. I think it's, uh, you know, it's easy to get into the habit of, you know, um, falling into the day-to-day of, okay, you know, I'm done with work. Maybe I'll go home with my significant other. We'll have some dinner, maybe a glass of wine, watch some TV, call it a day and just rinse and repeat that indefinitely. Maybe throw mm-hmm. in the gym and a couple other things in there. But for me, it was like constantly a constant reminder that a hey, entrepreneurship was something that I was inspired by, that I wanted to do. And I wanted to start my, uh, a new company one day. And so this was just kind of that constant reminder in the back of my head that, you know, I'm going to get out there and start another company one day. And so that was really the, the, the long game was just like the constant reminder of the snowball mm-hmm. until I was ready or till I ultimately until I found an idea uh, or really a pain point that was big enough in, in what happened with Sendoso to where I wanted to make the jump to start the company, my own company. So I always knew I wanted to start another company from even after leaving college, I just, I felt like I didn't know enough. I didn't have the best problem solution. I didn't have a good network of people. Mm-hmm. And so once all three of those came together, then it was like, you know, uh, the aha moment and kind of the light bulb went off. Well, and let's talk about that. Let's get a little bit deeper. So that, that aha moment, you know, did, were, you, were you sitting on a bench and an apple fell on your head and that's how Cinderella <laughs> kind of got created? Or what was that aha moment that made you realize like, I got to go after this? Yeah. So, you know, it was, uh, my last, last company I worked at before Sendoso, you know, we were, uh, I I was trying to get creative as a salesperson. And so, you know, I'd go to Starbucks and buy Starbucks gift cards and and mail them out to people. And it worked well. And people would love getting a Starbucks card and say, thanks for kind of virtually buying me coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, it really dawned on me as like, why isn't there a button that I can click in Salesforce to make that easy? Um, because it was like, you know, I'd take 15 minutes to send one of those and I wanted to just click a button. And so it was kind of the pain of, you know, trying to make something easier for me. And so and I ended up, uh, you know, thinking like, hey, that's like something I could mentally get my wrap my head around in terms of a, a, a Salesforce app I could build. And so uh, I drew up the plans for it, you know, uh, kind of mocked it up on paper on what this uh, Salesforce app could look like called it Coffee Sender, um, found some engineers that could build it for the first version was five grand, and then had them build it. And so uh, the first uh, version of Sendoso was really coffeesender.com, which was just like, you can almost think about it as an MVP. It's, it was like the minimalist thing you could send, which was a Starbucks gift card. Um, but at the end of the day, it, you know, again, it's just that snowball getting you farther and farther along. And it got me uh, opened up new doors and new opportunities. That's great. I, I love the simplicity of coffeecenter.com. It's just that it's just a great, it's a great name. Do you still yeah. have the domain? Do you still got it? Just for oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it probably redirects to Sendoso now. Okay. That, that's cool. So so let, let's take it to the next step. All right. So you got coffeecenter.com. You start to see some momentum with that. Yep. Um, how did you take it to the next step, man? Like, well, first of all, how did you find your developers? Did you on like Upwork or Fiverr? Or yeah. You so, uh, so before Upwork, there's uh, Elance and Odesk. And so when those, uh, I, I used Odesk originally, and then that merged into 
um, Upwork. So yeah, we'll post it on there. Okay, cool. Um, and and so then, so then you get, you got some momentum, right? With popfinder.com. And then how did you decide like, okay, I need to make this jump. And, and what did you do like to acquire, not acquire, but to partner up with the co-founder to yeah. start to really take things off and, and turn that idea and that MVP into like a real company? Yeah. So at the time it was a side business. So, you know, we'd spend a few hours uh, a night or a few hours on the weekends. So it was just kind of, you know, beer money, so to speak. It wasn't, you know, making me millions or anything. And so uh, one of the uh, users uh, happened to be uh, my friend Braden, who uh, I think I pinged everyone I knew saying, hey, you should use Cop Center. Maybe I post on it on LinkedIn or something. And he's like, this is legit. We kind of got beers and chat about it. And then he was like, Hey, let me sell this. This is like awesome. I think I could get a lot of users to use this. And so I was like, sure, let's do it. You know, if we could get twice as much beer money, like why not? And so, uh, he joined forces as the co-founder, um, and then started, uh, to sell it. And so I was, uh, focused more on the product and engine, some of the post customer support side of things. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was a very self-service product. So there wasn't really a need for, a true like sales CSM. It, it was like you click a button. So it was really easy. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, he was able to generate, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in sales, which was some good momentum again, moving into the next stage, which, you know, ultimately said, Hey, there's something here um, enough so that I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to figure it out so that I could have that full day of, of attention. And so then, you know, quit the job quickly realized that coffee center was not the, you know, the final product and that no one's going to pay huge, huge money for coffee gift cards. So mm -hmm. we really, uh, based on customer feedback and then based on just, uh, also the pain that I felt trying to do direct mail and gifting at my last company, um, outside of just gift cards, uh, was what led me to Sendoso. Great story. And, and is Brayden is he, so it sounds like he's more of a sales focused. Correct. Okay. So we actually were two sales, we we're two AEs. Uh, so not that often you see two AEs start a company. Uh, yeah. And so kind of a fun story there uh, around that. So then to, to put some like gas on the fire, you know, what I guess like, how did you, how did you build it? Cause, cause you're approaching 40 million now, right? In revenue and you haven't been around for only about three years or so. So that's tremendous organic growth. So what, how did you kind of build that out, man? Like, so you, so Brady hit a couple hundred K in sales. You say, Hey, I'm going all in first time. Um, you know, full time, I should say. So then what's, what's kind of the engine you built? How'd you grow the company? And you know, what was kind of your playbook on that? Yeah. So our playbook, we really early invested in SDRs and the outbound engine. So probably earlier than most companies do like, uh, within our first, you know, 10 employees, like we had two SDRs. So our goal was how do we build this outbound engine that is just, uh, spitting out meetings for our sales team. And at, the, at that time, there was a Braden and then one other uh, uh, AE that we brought on. So the, the, I think that was part of our plan was we always wanted to have this really strong AE to SDR ratio. We still do. Um, and uh, we still um, have a really, uh, really strong method in terms of how we make sure that there's enough meetings to go around, even if we, as we hire more AEs. So that was part of the original success. Um, we also invested early in brand, I'd say, where we were, you know, doing things like uh, we'd sponsor some uh, conferences. You know, we'd show up to a conference and bring like, 
10 people, which was in theory, like our whole company, like our CSM would come, someone on our, you know, our uh, product manager would come, everyone would just come and everyone would be like, oh, Sedoso is such a big company. They have so many people out there, but little did they know it was kind of like our entire company. But we kind of, you know, made ourselves bigger than we appeared when we were just like 10 people um, so that the brand got out there, the name got out there and that uh, contributed. Um, and then partnerships was also pretty uh, powerful in the early days too. So, you know, we were, uh, you know, partnering up with like the outreach and sales lofts of the world and kind of uh, talking, creating content and, and co-selling uh, with them as well and, and others too. And that was a, a key part of our playbook in the early days. That's great, man. So, so you just did kind of like an integrated marketing approach with, with outreach and, and sales loft and yep. that, that, so that was, I, it was like a, a good story to tell. It was like, Hey, you could send something uh, physical or send a digital e-gift uh, within your, your cadence or your sequence. And so that story really resonated well. And so we just, uh, you know, became best friends with the teams over there, both those companies and some other companies so that we, really put the extra effort into partnering with them and, uh, you know, showing their, their users some love. That's great, man. So you got, you got the brand, you got the, uh, like, did, did you bring like spouses and siblings and stuff like that to the trade shows as well to really, really beef up the, I, I brought my dog actually to one that I remember that, uh, I had like a miniature golden doodle puppy and I brought her to one in San Francisco and she was like the attraction. Everyone would just come by our booth. Um, and I think we got some good social media love too on LinkedIn, where it was like, Sendoso brings cute puppy to booth, like, you know, best marketing move ever. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. I mean, yeah. like if you got a cute dog that, I mean, there's, there's so many applications where you can leverage that cute dog for, for <laughs> business, for, uh, meeting significant others. Not that I do that anymore. I'm a happily married man, just mind you. But, but I'm saying, I remember the days where we had walk around a dog, like a French bulldog that I had and. Yeah. People would like stop their car, get out, walk across the street. Like, Oh, I know. <laughs> you just can't awesome. go wrong with a cute dog. So that's, that's a good play. So when you're talking about that, Chris, of if you're looking at the ratio was in terms of partnership versus SDRs, was it, was it pretty evenly spread versus inbound? We're still fo- focused heavily on SDR. And then it took a while to get that partnership up and running. Um, so I would say that like uh, partnerships was um, kind of a, a gray area in terms of how we track the success of those leads in. I think that's always with partnerships. It's tough to say, you know, uh, how do you attribute revenue to partnerships sometimes unless you directly get the handoff and the referral. But in the early days, we would just spend effort saying, hey, AEs at sales after outreach, like refer customers into us. And so we knew that they were coming in through inbound, but they'd be like, oh, how'd you hear about us? Oh, like I saw a demo of outreach and they mentioned you. So there's, a, I think the the, the inbound funnel was, was also filled by uh, partnerships in the early days. Um, but for us, it was fine. We, we uh, in the first, I think in the very first couple of years, we were probably about, uh, we were probably about 75% inbound to 25% outbound. Like we could, uh, the inbound just was coming in faster than we could, we could get it. Now it's about 50-50, uh, but based on the sheer numbers, we're still like, I think it's a very healthy business when you're at that kind of inbound Oh yeah. I mean, that's healthy. You got, you, you got yourself kind of hedged, right? You know, so it's not all on that. So that, that's a great story, man. And some great ideas. So if, if you had to go, I'll do it again, knowing everything that you know now being about three years in, you know, what would be your playbook to starting just like you're saying, like, Hey, I got, I know there's a problem here. I know there's a fit, um, a market fit. I should say like, 
what would be your playbook to growing a company now that you're three years into it? Yeah. So if I was like, uh, if there was another entrepreneur, another year, another person start thinking about starting a company, um, my advice one would be, you know, just do it. So first thing it was like, don't hesitate. You know, it, it's pretty easy to drop, you know, the idea for the software, get it into the computer, get some engineers on it and go. So I'd say like, I, one thing to redo is like, don't hesitate, just build it. And there's a couple different ways that you can get it built. Um, or at least the first version, I would say, that's like a clickable working version um, with, you know, no, you know, what ifs or no buts. You know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, but I don't know uh, an engineer. Well, go to Upwork, you know, oh, I don't know how to code. Well, you know, go find someone that does, you know, I don't know how to design. Who cares? Just draw it in a piece of paper and, you know, version two will be better, you know? So I would say the first thing is just, just get across the, the finish line with a uh, uh, first version. Um, next I'd say is just really focus on uh, sales in the very early days. I think it's easy to, to find uh, it, it, it's, it's easy to find product market fit. And then it's harder in my opinion, to find your go-to market fit. I think there's a lot of awesome products out there that just never get the, the light of day or never get to the scale because they just focus too much on the product and not enough on the go-to-market. So um, I'd say like, you know, start selling it as soon as you can and build that repeatable sales motion. Um, you know, I, uh, we even were selling, like my co-founder Braden was selling like a slide deck and getting people to sign up before we were even ready to launch the first version of Sendoso just because of uh, our kind of goal of just like, let's, let's close deals like yesterday. And so I think the second thing is really just get deals closed. And then the third is really like build a team that people are having fun and, and love it. So we have about 350 employees now and something like 96% retention since day one. So we are retaining our, our employees. People love working at Sendoso. We're celebrating, you know, all the three-year anniversaries. We've got a couple four-year anniversaries, tons of two-year and one year. So, you know, I think the moral there is, you know, build a place that people, you know, want to stick around at and love. And, you know, it's like for me, it's like, I don't have like the, whatever the Sunday scaries or the Monday, whatever's I like look forward to Sunday night because it means I get to wake up and Monday and, you know, see my team and work and have fun. So. That's great, man. It's a great story. Uh, I love it. So in light of that, like, you know, in relation to your product and your, I should say your solution, what are you seeing? Like just, kill it right now, like in 2021 right now with, with your offering. Cause it just for you, the listeners, so you understand, and, and I'm not going to steal Chris's thunder, but I mean, it covers everything from customized gift giving. I think you developed a partnership with Cameo as well. So like, what do you see just absolutely just crushing it right now? And at kind of like what point in the funnel, you know, like maybe what, what do you see the most traction in kind of in the net new or front end of the funnel then versus more like stalled deal back end of the funnel closing deals? Yeah. So I'd say um, it's really, it's really cool stuff across the funnel. And I'd say top of the funnel, I break it down between what our SDRs doing and what's like kind of demand gen field marketing doing. We're seeing good success with like field marketing and demand gen who are like, you know, running these virtual events and driving people there by sending out, uh, something pre-event or, hey, go to this event and, you know, uh, Uber Eats or DoorDash is on us. And so there's different incentives driving people to the events, um, different event giveaways that we sponsor. So there's uh, definitely a, a virtual event uh, component to that. Um, we see SDRs 
top of funnel leveraging, you know, kind of the typical playbooks that happened that we used before where they're finding personalized gifts based on the recipient's interests. They're, uh, you know, leveraging um, some of the e-gifts like, hey, here's, uh, you know, lunch on me or um, even the cameo celebrity videos, you know, doing a little research and sending someone a cameo celebrity video, just something different than that plain text email um, is really enough to kind of break out and get creative. Um, and then from an AE perspective, I think that we see AEs use our platform uh, more than ever. And it's really around how do you just uh, build rapport? So you've got this person on the demo, you now broken into that account, you know, sending a thank you gift after that first meeting. So now they've gotten some swag or a couple things in their hand um, to think of you. And then, you know, you're continuing with something like that through the next couple weeks or a couple months, depending on how your sales cycle is. And you're sprinkling in other uh, gifts or thank yous or leave behinds. And so I think AEs are using us in a great way right now, which maybe historically where you were in the field flying and going and grabbing dinner or trying to move a deal along with some golf. Now you're saying, hey, here's a, you know, get out this weekend on me and play golf. Here's a golf now gift card for a hundred bucks kind of thing. Um, or, and, and really sprinkling that in to build that human rapport remotely. Um, so, and then you count managers too. It's like, how do you do that then for the next five years? And you're continually sprinkling on value um, and engaging in unique ways other than just, Hey, any updates? Here's my email, blah, 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 kind of thing. So. Well, and, and that's what I'd be curious about, Chris, like for the account managers, um, what, and I, I know it all depends on contract value or deal size, right? But what what's like a feasible longer term solution that you've seen um, just idea wise where, where people have executed on that works really well? Um, like in terms of like, what are people sending like uh, post customer success? Or? Yeah. So let's say we got someone booked as a customer, right? Yeah. And maybe you do a review every three to six months or something like that. Are you aligning that with kind of the review process? Are you doing something different? What What's kind of uh, the approach to that? Yeah, so post-customer success, some of the things we do and we see other companies do, one is around, you know, uh, uh, either product usage milestones. So really celebrating, hey, you've, you know, you've sent your, you know, 10,000th thing or you've, you know, you've added your, your uh, 50th user. So what are some of these events in the platform that you can say congrats around? Um, and kind of these surprise and delight moments that kind of create, you know, customer love and, yeah. you know, really wow customers when they're like, oh, wow, I just, you know, and I think that's applicable to different companies who have different uses, but you can probably find, you know, five to 10 things in your platform or your, your service that you can celebrate. And so I think the, the random celebrations, I'd say the life events, so really sticking um, around and getting to know your, your customer or your contact. You know, it's really the, you know, uh, thinking about, hey, they just got a promotion or their company just announced funding or these other things where you can just chime in and, and be human and give them a, and provide some kind of little uh, gift or a little swag item or something fun and memorable um, really uh, stands out in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could I could see that. I mean, even for simple stuff like banks, right, yeah. or you got a mortgage and you close on your house, like getting something when you close on the house or exactly. Yep. First and child then, or, you know, stuff like that. Right. Totally. You could have a little, uh, a little family pack or, you know, a little food, um, items or even, 
um, you know, other things like a year after you close on your house is a little reminder of an anniversary, you know, it's like, how do you keep, you know, awareness so that you can get those referrals later on, you know, um, so all those little touch points all make a difference and all can drive, you know, significant downstream, you know, referrals, revenue, things like that. Definitely. I love it, man. Great stuff. So, so we're, you know, we're, we're kind of wrapping up on time is um, where, where can people find you? How can they find out more about Sendoso and, and kind of what's going on there and, and, and how to leverage it? Yeah. So I'd say find me on LinkedIn. Um, search for me. It's Chris. It's K-R-I-S. And my last name's Rudy Graf. I'm not going to spell it. People have to guess it. <laughs> um, and people can email me. It's Chris, K-R-I-S at Sendoso.com. Um, I love meeting new people. I love chatting with entrepreneurs. I love talking to, you know, CROs of, you know, Fortune 100 companies and sharing strategies on how we're seeing success and driving uh, kind of the new modern way to to engage with prospects. So um, yeah, reach out, find me online. Um, Happy to meet and and virtually chat over coffee. Excellent. Well, that's, that's a, it's generous offer. And I think um, you also, there's a link we are going to include in the, the show notes as well. Uh, that you you volunteered. There's there's some stuff that you're working on. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So we're uh, we've got a beta program in place for a, a new version where you can kind of sign up uh, in a freemium uh, like in a light plan. And so uh, uh, we'll offer that up so that some of the guests can come in and try out Sedoso. Excellent. Well, it was awesome having you on, Chris. Thank you. You've been real generous with your time, and um, it was really great hearing your story and just kind of how you went from A to Z to and who knows what's next, man. A lot, a lot of exciting stuff coming down the pipe for you. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for having me, Ryan. It was a great time. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources, so I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I want to ask you is if you really, truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career-changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.